it's Tia. It's been a Mississippi minute, but we bite, baby. What's up, Pink Posse? It's your girl, Ja. And yep, we back at it like a crack at it. It's your girl, Jiggy, a.k.a. Tanika. Listen, pull up on us. It's time to cut up, because we back. What's up, Pink Posse? It's your girl, Koji. And we're back. Pink Sunday Radio. All right, everyone. So for this bonus clip, um, Tanika found a tweet from Auntie Katori that says every character has a fatal flaw. Andre's is that he tries to save everybody and everything. Young man has a lot to prove to this world that constantly underestimates him. And it got the timeline jumping. Um, you know, so it started to get everybody wondering, what are each of the characters' different fatal flaws? So we've already kind of got a, a, a hint in to Andre. So I'm, I'm with the gang, you know. And, uh, gang, y'all here? We here. We, we here. here. Okay. <laughs> All right. We with the gang. And, uh, we're going to discuss a couple of the characters, what we think are those characters' fatal flaws based off of what we've just seen over the last two seasons. So, you know, we got to hit it off with the, the HBIC herself, Uncle Clifford. Um, and what we think her fatal flaw is. What is the thing that gets in her way? Does anybody in particular want to lead that thought process? For me personally, I see that more as Uncle Clifford's character flaw, is that she's always trying to save everyone at the detriment of herself to the point where she, like, when she told Mercedes to dream new dreams, I don't feel like Unc ever dreams new dreams because her dream is always based around helping other people and never around what she actually wants. Even in that first office scene with her and Murda, she wants to do the dates. She wants the relationship. She wants that, but she knows that them being out that doesn't appease other people, their relationship. So she's willing to crush what she wants, a relationship with murder, anything with murder, to please other people in, like, every way of her life, that's what I see, or to please other people or try to save other people. And it's always nothing for her. It's all about what everyone else wants and needs. Yeah, but the people that Cliff wants to save is in her circle. I'm saying that Andre wants to save his community. No, what you said I agree with. What I'm saying is what Katori said, the actual him saving, I always want to save everyone, I see that more for Uncle Cliff. Yeah. Now, I do see with what yeah. you said how that could go with Andre because I did think about that, his big thing with everything that he's doing with the casino and everything is trying to save Chuckalisa. Right. Yeah. I do think it's um, more fitting for Uncle Clifford because we see so 
so many times where she probably should have made a decision that was more self-serving, but she put others, you know, ahead of herself. It's like, you know, that money they needed, they need, they're in debt. Now, technically, Mercedes did not follow through with the deal that Mercedes had with Lil Murda over the 4000 right? But then he gives Uncle Clifford the 4000 if he'll play her song. At the end in the office, when she finds out that Sadie um, didn't get, didn't, you know, her mom came and did the thing, she's like, oh, no, he left this for you. And, right. you know, it's like, no, you know, let's say, that's Sadie's business. If she wasn't able to stand up to her mom, that's her business. It's not like somebody robbed her, really robbed her at gunpoint in the parking lot. She just couldn't stand her ground with her mother. You about to lose the very place you're using to save the quote-unquote hoes of the town, you know, by her definition or whatever different things she said. You know, you, you, you can lose this, but at the same time, you're willing to risk that for this moment, you know. And like you said, and um, like Tanika, what's Tanika right? Lord help. Let me stop. So, the, the, you know, what was already said was every time she makes a decision, she does not consider what she wants herself or what's best for her outside of the only thing I think she fought for herself was the club against Haley. Everything else has been what's better for you. And even when she was fighting for the club, it was for her, but it was also, you know, to make sure that those girls had, you know, somewhere that they could make money. So it's not always, you know, when she does fight for her, she's also fighting for for someone else. Mm -hmm. Um, And like you said, you know, when when Mercedes was in in jail and she already has a foreclosure notice on the club, she was very much willing to put down some stacks to get Mercedes out of jail and instead of keeping that money and, and, and paying the bills that she had to pay. So I agree with that, um, her, her sacrificing herself and the things that she wants for everyone else to be one of her fatal flaws. But I also wondered if her emotional avoidance, um, and her her reluctance to be emotionally vulnerable could perhaps mm. be a I don't character flaw or fatal flaw. I don't know what y'all um, think about that. If y'all have any I ideas definitely about think that. that. I definitely think that because when we actually did this subject, that was the first flaw of hers I thought about, and it wasn't until I like listened to you guys talking about what what was said about Andre, and I was like, well, I see that for Unc, too, but I think her inability to, I don't know what I would call it. I think it's fear. I think that's what I would call it. Her fatal flaw is fear from everything that's happened, and it's one of those situations, one of my phrases I always say is, I understand, but I don't agree, because I always understand how she gets to the places she gets to, Mm -hmm. but I don't agree that that's how you should live a life. Yeah. I agree. I think a lot of people who feel like they have to protect themselves do not realize that sometimes you can protect yourself so much that you also block yourself from the blessings. You know, you're not letting anything in. 
the bad nor the good. So that's a good um, point brought up. Any more thoughts on Uncle Clifford's fatal flaws, or do we want to move on to Lil' Murda? I think we're ready for murder. All right. So, what, for me, I look at Lil' Murda, and I thought about this last night when we were, I was reading the the thread about this, and I feel like Lil' Murda's, I feel like it's like a double-edged sword. It's an almost his, I don't know if I want to say it's his loyalty or his, because um, I don't want to use loyalty as the flaw, but I don't know how to really word it. Murda, for the people that he loves, for the people that he cares for, sometimes he it seems like he's self-sacrificing when it comes to that. Like, we didn't know Rome was the most shittiest piece of shit um, coming out of Atlanta at the time. But here's Rome. He's offering the 360 deal. He won't get you, you know, this. And he's like, nah. Never scared my producer. Murder's my, I mean, uh, Wody's my manager. Absolutely not. You know, I mean, the only person he was willing to sacrifice in that moment was Uncle Clifford. But Mm -hmm. everyone else, and then we get to, and I want to say 210, which is one of the most beautiful, you know, scenes. I love it. But in reality, we're looking at everything that we've watched him work for for two seasons. And he gets off the bus because he would rather be with Uncle Clifford, you know. And we're, I guess I'm confused. Like, on one hand, I'm like, okay, he's just going to try to do it on his own. On the other hand, there's all this talk about, like, you're throwing your, you know, I'm not going on tour. I'm throwing it all away because, you know, for love. And it's like, on one hand, that's a good thing. That's beautiful because there's more than money out here in the world. On the other hand, you consistently throw away the opportunities that you are receiving to gain what you've wanted for the people, you know, instead of finding a way, to, I guess, to kind of, like, mingle it, if it makes sense. Like, I don't know. What do you guys think? Um, piggybacking off of that, kind of, I wondered, um, in 210, you know, uh, uh, Clifford said, you know, the sister of stupidity line and talked about how he was impulsive to turn down that that tour, so I wondered if his impulsiveness, his kind of reckless and rash with his decision-making, if that was maybe um, one of his, his character flaws or his, his uh, fatal flaws. Um, the, the decision to not go on tour, we see his decision to um, kill Pico, which could have, you know, ruined his chances at, the, at his career. He, he makes, I think, decisions sometimes without – fully thinking through the consequences. So I wondered if maybe that was one of them. And also, Koji, you talk a lot about his ego and how he deals with rejection. So I wondered if that would maybe be considered one of his his fatal flaws. Well, most definitely um, because ego can really, really remove people from your life. And so I feel like 
with murder because he has been dealing with his sexuality and sexuality and the challenges that come from that. I think there's a lot of reflection for him between one and two. Like is it murder night and then season two? Um, because sometimes the flaws that you have can make you lose people that you love. So then you try to repair them for the next situation. And I think that's what happened in season two, him getting off the bus. That was a huge, huge sacrifice for him. However, he knows what he lost, you know, in the season one, beginning of season two. So I think that sometimes fatal flaws, ego, rejection, not being vulnerable, and all that kind of stuff, you can, if you lose something, you can self, uh, self-heal or, you know, um, self-project those feelings onto you and you realize that does not feel good. And you, the next time you don't want to lose that person. So I feel with, I feel like with fatal flaws, character flaws, they can actually help you grow because you don't mm-hmm. want to have something end. I don't know if all that makes sense, but yeah. Makes total sense. I think um, I, I agree with everything that you guys said. I think one of Murda's biggest flaws is he's a shapeshifter. He's always shifting himself for whatever he thinks the situation calls for. Like when when they first get out the Hummer, and this is a full gay man, for as far as we know, and he's slinging slurs in the back, trying to fit into that that group of men that were back there in the trunk when uh, Wody pours the tea on the fl- the floor of bricks. Then you see, of course, he's in the VIP room. He don't like pussy <laughs> at all. And is this getting creamy in here? And he's doing all that shape-shifting. Then he's a totally different person from the VIP room to when he's in the Paradise Room with us to how he's on stage, everything is shape-shifting into what he thinks is accessible for the situation. And that's where we saw him having the existential crises in season two specifically because he's been trying to be some of the other people. He no longer knows who he actually is. Mm-hmm. Hmm. That's a good point. And you know what? Oh, God. No, that's all I was going to say. And you know what, Tia, um, I'm just sitting up here thinking about what you said, like he doesn't like pussy, et cetera, et cetera. I'm still questioning when him and Teak were on the stairs and Teak said, I'm surprised he didn't tap, tap old girl or whatever he said. So I'm thinking about what you said about him not liking pussy, but the the, the assumption from Teak was that he would have tapped Mississippi. I've always so wondered what I... the dialogue I never looked at that scene like that. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I never looked at that scene like that. I always felt like that was Teak's way of questioning murder because it's like you and I know you ain't fucking that girl, but you acting like you don't like me. We ain't never had nothing. I always felt like that was Chief's way of being like, so what the fuck is up? Why are you being weird to me? 
I never thought he was actually asking. Mm. Like, that would have been a natural lead-in to, like, if murder was doing what he's supposed to do, like, nigga, you know I don't like no pussy. Like, maybe not those words, but basically, like, why would you think that? But instead, you still got the shapeshifter trying to play the role of, well, if she didn't like white dudes, I would have. No, the fuck you wouldn't have. You don't, you don't even like when the girl kissed you. So you was certainly not going to do nothing else. That was so funny. He said, damn, your kiss is sloppy. I said, damn. Yeah, and then it was like, because you look like he's assuming too, because why, if he really thought they were together, why would he assume that he hadn't bagged her, quote unquote, already? Because they yeah. pick him up and they know, he, he is in the car when they're talking about Derek and her, um, and, you know, how she called him over and said, convince him, and then, but then we're on the stairs and he's like, yeah, I'm surprised you ain't bagged her yet. So I guess that does make sense. Is that just being some shit he threw out? I feel like to get on the subject. Teak was one of the few that really knew murder, and murder didn't have to do the the shape shifting thing that y'all are talking about with him. So for me, this was always his way of trying to find out what it was, like what what is the problem? Why I'm out? So why are we not? you know, what I think we should be, why are we not back? Um, And the only thing that he could see was Mississippi there, but he knew it wasn't her. So he was giving uh, murder an opportunity to tell me what it is, and and murder didn't take that opportunity. But I I never thought that he assumed that uh, murder was with Mississippi. I think he knew very well, like she said, he knew very well that he wasn't with her. I think it. I think everybody's uh, made some really great points about the flaws in Lil Murda. And I think he's so complex, it's hard to, like, nail it down. I don't think we, like, so much came up and was like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. He's such a complex character. But do you think you will see that becoming a little more simplified um, maybe in season three when we get to see him, now that he's kind of cut some of that, you know, from his, um, I mean, some of the facade, facade he have going Right. On. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe, and we might, you know, have to see more if his career takes off. We don't, we don't know which way it's going to go. And I think once we get his backstory, we might get, you know, some other Flaws or or things that we don't know about yet. So we might see less of the shape shifting stuff and more of some other kind of something. Oh, I agree because he's about to go. So it's uh, so I have this thing a saying in my life that I call predictable obstacles. He's got a whole lot of predictable obstacles coming. Like you have mm-hmm. their predictable obstacles of I'm a closeted gay man. You have the predictable obstacles of I'm a positive gay man that wants a trap rap career. Now he's an out gay man that wants a trap rap career. So I think we're going to see different types of shape shifting as he's tackling all of these predictable obstacles for this next level. Because it's not just we're in the sun and everything is great. 
now uh-huh. he's got to deal with the realities of this and how does he how does the perpetrator handle these obstacles Mhm That makes a lot of sense I'm sorry he's going to have, have a lot of that Okay let's get into our girl Mercedes Um I'm still, I feel like maybe I'm being a little more on the nose with some of my thoughts. So I would love to hear. um... What's up, Pink Posse? Have you heard the word? P-Valley has been nominated for several NAACP Image Awards. Those categories are Outstanding Drama Series, Outstanding Actor, Nico Onan, Outstanding Actress, Brandi Evans. Outstanding Supporting Actor, J. Alphonse Nicholson. Outstanding Supporting Actress, Loretta Devine. As well as Outstanding Soundtrack slash Compilation Album. Now, family, this is what I need you to do. Go to vote.naacpimageawards.net. You have until February 10th until the poll closes. Remember, one vote per email. The show will air live on BET February 25th, 2023. Thank you and congratulations to Pete Valley. You deserve it. Appreciate y'all for listening to the show. You can find us on Blog Talk Radio by using the link bit.ly slash Pink Sunday. For Apple Podcasts, go to PinkSundayRadio.com. Make sure that the listen to the replay, you leave a five-star rating in the review, as well as a subscribe. For Google Podcasts, go to PinkSundayRadio.com slash Google Podcasts, as well as Spotify at PinkSundayRadio.com slash Spotify. Hope to see y'all at the next episode.